0: Hey people! It is day eight, day eight of the 65th BiFi London Film Festival, and today we have three films that we're bringing right to you. Okay, gonna take a look at these. Um, all very different, but very interesting. So, people. It is time to buckle up. We're going to start this ride, all right? Let's... Okay, people. So, up first, let's take a look at the um, new piece, Wild. Okay, people. So, we have another first time feature director on display at the festival yes 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 this time it is um oh god the name was a tip of my tongue and then it just slipped away it's lyle mitchell corbine jr yes um, so he wrote and directed. He also produced the film along with Thomas Mahoney and Eric Tavitian. Cinematography is Ellie Bourne. It's edited by Ed Ure, Ed Yorantis, I believe. Music is from Gavin Brivik. Um We've got a, yeah, a nice cast, an interesting cast, right? So in our pivotal roles, we have Michael Greyeyes. He plays the older Makawa. The, and at this stage, he's going by Michael, Michael Petterson. Phoenix Wilson plays the younger Makawa, who we see at the start of the film. We have Cheswick Spencer who plays Tedo. Um, and Julian Goppel plays the younger Teddo. We've got Jesse Eisenberg as Jerry, Michael's work colleague. Kate Bosworth is Greta, Michael's wife. Uh, we've got Lisa Gormatti is Cammy. Um, that is Teddo's sister. Uh, Scott Hayes, he plays um, Father Daniels. Um, Trez Garcia plays Daniel. That's Cammy's son. Uh, Joel Michael plays Jonathan. Uh, Jenna Lee Green plays Ivy. Uh, Claudia Lee plays Rebecca. Yeah um Sherry Foster plays Lisa um that's kind of it i think you know um yeah i mean you know obviously there's there's a few more people but there there are main um cast Marissa Wolf plays Kimber um Laura Newsham plays a leash. Yeah. And Eben Asanat plays James, the classmate. Okay. So, uh, yeah. There we go, people. The gist of the film is this. So, in 1980s, two indigenous American boys, Makawa and Teddo, Cover up the killing of a classmate, vowing to keep their crime a secret. Flash forward to the present day and Makua, Now, Michael is living a life of privilege and prosperity in California with a beautiful wife and a high flying career. It comes under threat with the arrival of Teddo, who is now a petty criminal, newly released from prison and eager to revisit their shared crime and trauma. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, that, that's never, never gonna go well, right? You know what I mean? You know that Michael does not, does not Wanna be seeing Tedo now, but yeah, shit happens, right? Shit happens. So this, yeah, it's a real interesting piece, and I, I, I think the, the the strength of bleh, the strength of Wild Indian is the fact that you can see the raw emotion on display. You know, because when we when we see the the childhood of you know uh makawa right ain't great ain't great at all you know like he's getting bullied at school he's getting it looks like he's getting beaten at home right who knows what else but definitely beaten by his older brother right his parents are just in the wind, essentially. So it's not good. It's not good. His cousin Teddo, he, he, you know, he's looking out for him. They're hanging out, they're doing their thing. But I think with all of that stuff happening, with all of that stuff happening, you see a resentment in Makawa, right? You you can see that he ain't happy with the way life is. You know what I mean? Which, listen, you cannot blame him, right? Can't blame him. But, yeah, he's just definitely not happy. So, when he's seeing other people who essentially are in the same situation as him, right? But their life seems better, seems like a better situation. Now, the crazy thing is you never know if it is. (laughs) I mean, I, I think, yeah, social media has definitely highlighted the fact that although people will tell you one thing, doesn't always mean that the life is that nice. Hey, I mean, like now, did we have social media at the time? No, I don't think we did. I'm gonna say, uh, you know, MTV Cribs was a huge indicator of that as well. Because hey, all them houses we saw, them cats never own those houses, <laughs> you know what I mean? They never own those houses. I remember I used to do a lot of club work back in the day and. There used to be people that would rent out cars, rent out, like, flashy Porsches, BMWs, Lamborghinis, all other crazy cars, um, and drive them up and down in front of the clubs, right? Now, there were girls that would go talk to these dudes in these cars, but these dudes didn't own those cars. <laughs> you know what I mean? They didn't leave. though. It's not like they were parking up to go to the club. No, they just were rented to drive up front and look stush. And uh, this is the thing. Sometimes there's a front. But when you don't have anything, you see it and you can eat. Well, there's a lot of different ways you go, right? It can push you to, you know what I mean? strife for greatness, doesn't mean you're gonna get greatness, but it can be that fuel, it can weigh down on you, you know what I mean, make you just feel even worse than you do, right, it can, you know, just do nothing, right, you're just like, eh, they're living their life, I'm living mine, right, but who knows how it's going to affect people? Right? That that's the crazy thing. These things hit people in so many different ways. But what we see is that it seems to be hitting Makwa not well. Not well. Right. And this is the thing: it's hard to blame. It is hard to blame him. He goes out shooting with Tedo. Tedo's a better shot. Right? Tedo's a better shot. And you just see like Mac was just thinking there's nothing I can do right. Nothing I can do right. So yeah, shit goes down, shit goes down, and do I mean it's what happens afterwards, which is a little chilling, right? And we see all of that, and that is oh, that is really brought her life extremely well, extremely well by, um, you know, the young Phoenix Wilson, Phoenix Wilson and Julian um, Gapal, who played the younger Makwa and Tedo, do uh, an extremely great job of displaying to us this friendship right, this young friendship, but then also, like, the these things that are fueling these two individuals, right, and I think what we see in Makwa, right there, is this need to survive, because the way he then just, boom, Goes into a next gear after the fact He's kind of chilling He's kind of chilling And we kind of get a close up on his face Now we're in 2019 On the golf course And you see like, yo Mancua is He's doing alright He is doing alright And we get this interesting look at Where he is now right, he's working for a a big firm, he's on the cusp of a promotion, you know, he's got a wife, he's got a kid, but we still see that there's something there, right, there's something eating him, like he's not completely fulfilled, which is interesting, right, now, it doesn't We don't really find out what it is, which I think it would have been interesting, because here's the thing, it could well be the death of James, right? But we don't know. I mean, there's so much trauma that, you know, Mackua Michael faced as a kid there's so many things that could be, you know, fucking him up right now. But we, we see him do a thing, And it's just like, hmm. Because, you know, that's not the first time that request was made. And just the way, the, like the methodical nature of how it goes down is a little bit chilling. It's a little bit chilling. But there is the resolve, right? There is the resolve. See, so we see that, and there's also um, interaction with his wife, which is again, it's an interesting thing, right? So we see all of this, and then we see Tedo get out of jail. So we follow him, and we can see how he's been affected, right? Which is very differently. Very differently, I think. If at the beginning of the film you would have thought it would have been a reverse of this situation, right? But you know, obviously, that's a little too easy as a a, a, a plot device, right? So you, yeah, you flip it, you flip it. But we we see both of these two people now navigating their lives. I did think, right? there could have been a bit more on part of this journey, right? Before the end, there just seemed a bit missing. Now, I don't think it, it doesn't ruin the film. You know what I mean? It doesn't ruin the film or affect it in an adverse way. I just think I myself would have liked to have seen Something there, you know what I mean? Just something, nothing crazy, you know. What I mean, just a little sign. Of sign. But uh, yeah, I, I do think we get this great portrayal of of these two people and how you know how they're dealing with life's hand, as it were, you know what I mean. I also do think there's a couple of places where we make a jump, a jump in emotional states, which it seemed quick. Seemed a little quick, but again, it's not too crazy. Right, I, I I think you could watch it and you'd be like, all right, yeah, no, I'm yeah, I I can buy that, I can buy that, right? But yeah, it, it's just this, just interesting thing. you know, seeing seeing this from this point of view. Like we've seen kind of these stories before, but not yeah, you know, with the indigenous viewpoint. Which adds some extra depth to it, right? Knowing, you know, the the impoverished backgrounds a lot of people had to start their lives in, right? Which you then just think that hill, that hill to get to that place is a lot steeper, you know what I mean? So yeah, no, wild Indians, it's very interesting, people. It's very interesting. And we had some great performances, you know. So it it was playing today um at the Prince Charles Cinema. But if you missed it, don't worry, people, because you can either Catch it on the iPlayer tomorrow, right, Thursday the 14th from 9 p.m., and that means you then get 24 hours with it, right, so till 9 p.m. on Friday the 15th. Or on Friday the 15th, you could also go to the Odeon Lux in the West End and see it at 8 50 you know 10 to 9 in the evening obviously so both of those still have availability right so uh yeah if you you know what i mean if you're down for those kind of psychological thrillers okay you know I mean? if that's your cup of tea i guess this is All them peoples that watch those real crime documentaries and all of that kind of jazz. If that's your kind of thing, people, then I think Wild Indian will be right up your street. All right. So, yeah, check it out. Okay, people, so next, let's head up north, it's a UK piece, it's Ali and Ava. Alright, people, so, um, yo, I was man, I got to see this really just, oh man, this really nice little indie film called Ali and Ava. Right, it's the new piece from Cleo Bernard, who wrote and directed it. Um, it's produced by Tracy O'Royodon. Um cinematography is Oli Brat Brickland. Um, it's edited by Maya Malofi Music is from Harry Escott. Uh Yeah our cast. Well we've got Adele Actor as Ali, right? Um Alora Toshia plays Runa, he's um he's now ex-wife. We got Krupa Patani plays Uzma, his sister, and um Vinnie Dylan. Plays Jamelia, I think that's his mum, right? So then we also have Ava, right, who's played by Claire Rushbrook. Um she's got two two children. Um Michelle, who's played by Mona Goodwin, and Callum, who's played by Sean Thomas, who is married to Dawn, or is Dawny's girlfriend. I mean they're together, and Dawn is played by Natalie Gavin, right, so that is right. now the gist of the film, (laughs) well people, this is it, right, so Ali, an exuberant music enthusiast and landlord is struggling to keep his recent separation from his wife a secret from his family, Ava is a pragmatic middle-aged teaching assistant and matriarch to a large and close-knit family whose latest grandchild has just been born. Yeah, she's got five kids, right? Um, Callum and Michelle are the main two that we kind of see more often. But yeah, you, you've got five kids. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, when a chance encounter unites them, Ali and Ava begin a tentative friendship formed around their shared love of music that quickly blossoms into an unexpected romance. Right? So yeah, that's the film. And um, yeah, it, it, it's this thing that just, and it, it, it's, it's so nice, right? It is like a little flower. Right, that you're watching open up, open up in front of you. You know, it just makes you smile, right? It just makes you smile. Right. Um, interesting, they they kind of use this um the scene of Ali on standing on top of his car dancing to um to music, right? I forget the song. I don't know if it's a song that's out or if this was created for the film, because I don't, I I haven't heard it, but then, I don't know, man, I'm not up on music as I once was, but yeah, we we have him dancing on the car, it's foggy, and he's just like, you know, dancing, and we we cut to this scene throughout the film, right, it's this little kind of uh, bookmark, as it were, but we kind of open with that, then we have Ava. She's at home. And the, you know, she's with the kids. But she's got two, three kids in school, um, as well as Callum and Michelle. Right? And uh, yeah, they they she's trying to get them going. They don't want to leave. You know, she's holding Callum's new baby. She, oh, she loves the fact she's a aunt? Would that make her an aunt? A grandma? I don't know. I, I, I always I don't know why. All of that shit. I, I always get it mixed up and confused. But yeah, she's basically um, yeah, Callum and Dawn have a kid and she loves this kid, right? So this is how we meet Ava. And then we kind of we cut to Ali again, and he's talking with Runa, right? They're trying to work out living arrangements you know just standing in the kitchen and talking he's like look you know are you okay with this and he's like yeah yeah yeah. no it's fine you know it's like we're roommates Ah." and you know but you know you never know what's gonna happen right she's like no we split up it's over and yeah so like i mean it's not said said but you you understand what's happening here right and I think it's it's a situation, you know, it's like religious, you know, it's a whole religious thing, right? Men and women aren't meant to live together and all of this, but when you're man and wife, you can. And like it, it it's just this that kind of shows you what kind of person Ali is. There's a lot that really show you his nature. And he's just a nice, sweet kind of guy, right? Now the reason. He He's trying to keep their separation quiet because, as I said, if everyone finds out, then she wouldn't be able to live there. And he he's trying to let her live at the house because, you know, she's studying. She's at university. And, you know, he's just like, well. Yeah, I hope, you know, having to hit you with that extra cost, that's silly. So just stay here and we'll just keep everything quiet, right, and you think that's it's decent, right, because a lot of times you don't want to see your ex, and I think especially in their situation, it's like, oh, you just imagine how tough it must be, um, but yeah, so that's that, right, and yeah, Ali's a, he's a landlord, He's got loads, he's got a lot of properties that he looks after. And so we see him stop by, you know, do work in some and help out and do all of this. And you know, he, he says it in the film, right? He 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 knows his tenants so well that they're all kind of friends. So he's often dropping off their kids to to school, right? And one day he's picking um Sophia up, this little girl and it starts to rain, oh my gosh, the rain is coming down, so, you know, he opens the door, he gets Sophia to run into the car, and then he sees Ava, right, thinking, you know what, get in the car, I'll give you a lift home, and she's like, ah, you know, I shouldn't, which I get, right, you know, I, I think it's probably that teacher, parent, fraternization kind of thing, I mean, she's a teaching assistant, but, you know, I guess it's, same. it's still, you know, looked upon as the same thing, but he, you know, he's got a way, <laughs> <laughs> he's got a way, and he convinces her to get in the car, and so he drives her back, right, and um, you just, it's straight out that gate, you just, they, they, they just, you know, flow the conversation, you know, it, it's one of those, where you live, oh, dear, oh, dear. That's a shit, isn't it? And they just make you fun, and it's like they've been friends for ages. So they're vibing, they're talking, and it's all cool, right? And so we see that, but, yeah, they're just friends, right? They're just helping each other out. Um, Now, it says they get to, with their love of music. I don't know about that. I don't know about that, because their music tastes are... T- Terrible! They have terrible, both of them, terrible taste in music. So to call that a love of music, mm, I know, I know. (laughs) But yes, so that's nice. But there's all these conflicting things, right? So it's he likes her, she likes him. But, you know, his ex wife is living at the house. He's trying to keep that relationship, the, the fact that it's split up, secret from the family. He lives next door to his sister, right? You know, he, he's always at, you know, he, 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 his sister's, he, like, talking with, hanging with his mum. Like, so they're in each other's lives a lot. So that kind of definitely limits what you can do, right? So there's that. Then you've also got Callum and Michelle, right? And yeah, there's hesitance on that front, which really does impact this story and it makes it interesting because right there's something michelle says which gets countered by ava but it's something you hear a lot right when people say some stupid ass shit and you're like wait hold on but aren't you oh yeah but they're, they're the good ones right you often that kind of bullshit so you have that Then you have this thing with Callum that is is that thing, right? Where kids have a a certain viewpoint. And so stuff went down with Ava's ex-husband, which Callum doesn't know. Doesn't know because he was too young. Right? So it's, she's hidden that from him and there are these brutal reminders around the place so all of this is kind of interfering with Ali and Ava right, it, it's, it's there it's messing things up right? it's a confrontation with a sword yeah, you know in Yorkshire we have a sword right it's just like wait what the fuck what's going down but all of it is met with this really deft script, right? That, that brings these characters to life in just this really genuine way. Right? You, you kind of feel that you know these people, right? You've you've met these people. You know I mean, it it, it it just works in that fashion. Right, you're fully on board with everything that's going down. I think you understand it, right? It makes sense. Makes sense. A lot of the hesitation, you know, all of that. And I really respected the fact that when dealing with these past situations, it's not just a typical route, right? Because you know, you you often have, right, an ex living together, or, or, you know, just breaking up, and it's just a mess, and they hate each other, and it's just vile, and it's not, but this isn't that, right, when you learn about what went down, you'll be like, yeah, that I get it, I get it, right, that makes sense, and I think especially after what had happened, right, you think, yeah, not many people do last after that, right, so you have these things, and you think, yeah, no, this, this feels so real, feels so real, right, and this, the conversation they have is this, like, this fun conversation, you know, it's not just silly all the time, or serious, there's this nice blend in it all, you know, the things that happen, you know, watching the new moon, just all of these sort of little things that we see, you know, it all fits together to tell this really nice, compelling story, right, that's what we get, and even with the end, you know, I think, like, this thing happened, which again, you get, right, you understand, And it's just like, oh, what, how do you fix this, right? How does this now move on? And then the way that they did it, I really liked. I really liked because, yeah, sometimes, there's usually, right, in, you know, this sort of film, usually you'd have someone run and make this grand gesture, You know what I mean? This big statement piece would have to happen for then the next thing to happen and it's all a bit like, but that's not real life. (laughs) That's not real life and yes, some people will do the big statement, but sometimes shit just works out in other ways and so we, we get this thing, go down and that's it and that's how it ends and you're just like, Yeah, that feels right. That feels right. You know, sometimes you know, with some films, there's certain things that go down. You're like, yeah, I I think if that happened in another film, you'd be like, nah. But that that is the perfect thing for this, and that's what happens with this one, man. Ava and Ali is a just a really nice film. It, it, it's like a hug Right it just makes You smile Like just all just the silly Things that happen and then The, the sadder things the, 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 You know what I mean the more intense Things they really Because of the way The film is I mean the impact Of those things is, is even Greater right it hits you Even harder and you Just feel for the characters man You really do We have some great performances, great performances, you know what I mean? Everyone just kills it. As I said, the script is great. It's definitely a film that you you should check out, and you can, right? So, it... You know, it it was at the Royal Festival Hall today, and it will be there again tomorrow. So Thursday the 14th, you can see it, uh, but it's at 3 p.m. It's at 3 p.m. So, yeah, if you're not working, if you're on a half day, you know, you finish uni early, then boom, go check it out, you know. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. I don't. Um, I don't see a, an actual release date yet. Don't see an actual release date yet, people. Unfortunately, but you know, follow the information in the notes, and I'm sure once one comes, you know, you you will see it on all the related social medias and websites and what not, okay? But yeah, Ali and Ava definitely one to check out, and I, I could see this being on people's repeat lists, you know what I mean? I think it's that sort of film. So yeah, people, get a little nice in your life, right? Okay, people, so now we go to directorial debut of Maggie Gyllenhaal That's right, it's The Lost Okay, people, so, yo checked out a new Netflix joint today, right, it is day 8, yeah, day 8, people, so, um, yo, it's the new film from Maggie Gyllenhaal, yeah, like, it's kind of crazy, yeah, I mean, like, it, crazy, you know I mean? To, to see how she has really just blossomed, Right, it, it's um, you know, she she was great in uh, Donny Darko, right? Along with um, Jake, and, and yeah, they both had stellar careers since. You know, what I mean? yeah, but yeah, Maggie has just gone on and she's um, you know, started to direct. You know, what I mean, and um, yeah, her direction. It's been good, right? I think, oh, gosh, what was the first thing um, I saw her in? You know, actually, her first film was Waterworld, which is crazy. Terrible film, but, you know, (laughs) I guess that um, definitely set you in an interesting place to get into things. Yeah. gosh it was uh oh man it, it was I swear it was at the film festival a few years back. She was a school teacher. Oh fuck what was this film? um oh man kindergarten teacher yes, 2018 that was it. And I do believe she did direct that. I think she did. Oh no, no, she just produced it. Just produced it. Huh. Interesting. But yes. Anyway, tangent people. Tangent. Um she directs this film. Uh she also has done the screenplay. Did I say done? It's the lost daughter. The film's the lost daughter. I don't know if I said the name of the film. God damn. I, I'm, I'm just gonna forget everything one day. But yes, The Lost Daughter, Maggie Gillenhall. She directs, she writes, well, she adapts because it is based on the um book from Eleanor Ferrante. Um, so she also produces along with Charlie Doffman. Uh, Ozat Handelsman Karen and Talia Klinhandler. Cinematography is Helena Luvat. It's edited by Alfonso Goncalves. The music is from Dickon Hinchcliffe. Um, and the cast. Oh, it is a definitely a very good cast, people. So uh yeah, we have Olivia Coleman as a leader. Uh, Jesse Buckley plays a younger leader. We have Dakota Johnson as Nina. We have Peter Sarsgaard as Professor Hardy. Uh I love it, I love it, I love it. Oliver Jackson-Cohen plays Tony. Um, That's the husband of Nina. We have Will, who's played by Paul uh, Miscal. That's Lida's husband. Um, Lyle, he's the caretaker. He's played by Ed Harris gotta say ed harris does i feel ed harris looks like an older woody harrelson do you think that i don't know it kind of struck me today i might be wrong but i don't know people we have callie who is related to nina she's played by dagmara domomichik um jack farvin plays joe He's a waiter. Yeah, a waiter at the resort. Um yeah, that's our main cast, I believe. Yeah, I I, I think that's the, the the majority of everyone. Um <clears throat> I mean there's Yeah, no, I think that's kind of basically it. Yeah, like um Nina's family is huge. There's a there's a lot of them, but we don't really get introduced to them to be honest with you. Um so yes, that is that's that crew. Um and the gist of the story. Well, Lida is a woman nearing 50, luxuriating alone in a quiet seaside spot in Greece when a brash American family arrives. She's disturbed by their presumptuous and aggressive, if crossed, takeover of the beach. Mm, yes. <clears throat> but fascinated by a stunning young mum, Amongst them. With a clingy child. I mean. Just a child. Really. (laughs) I mean you see most kids that age. They pretty much act the same. You know what I mean. Um, When the daughter momentarily. Gets lost. The two women connect. It's a simple encounter. But below the surface. Lies a tangled. Messy human tail of how some women don't relish motherhood. So, this is, it's really interesting, right? it's, It's weird, because it opens up, and I've got to say, a lot of films in this festival, and just a lot of films of late in general, like to open up with either... A scene from the end or something midway through or towards the end, right? I don't know why that seems to be this new thing, but that's what's happening. So we open up, it's nighttime, a woman's staggering, and then just seems to collapse on the beach. You know, waves washing over and you're just like, oh, oh no, what's what's just happened, right, this this is, this is not good, (laughs) so yes, that happens, right, and um, yeah, you, as I said, you're a little bit taken aback, then we, um, we jump, and we have someone driving a car, we don't really see them properly, but you, you can assume it is, uh, you know, um, leader, Right, so that we 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 see that take place. Now, she gets to this result, looking around. You know, she's shown this room, uh, and and it's a kind of a, a a weird encounter with Lyle. He kind of sticks around a bit too long. <laughs> you know, he's I mean? one of those ones, right? So then, um, we we you know she's in this space on her own. You kind of feel that she's a little bit reserved, right? Uh, so she goes to the beach, and we see her on the beach. We see her swimming. There are some weird underwater shots. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure, like where what, what you know why those shots, man. They yeah, see focusing on certain things, and you're like, I mean, it's odd. Odd. I mean yeah I don't know oh uh, uh, like you've got a sense is this looking at um the uh, the sexuality of a, an older woman, maybe, right? but I don't know um but it it's uh, yeah we, we we you know we kind of go on right we 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 move on. And yeah, we we see her on the beach and stuff like that. And again, we have this weird encounter with her and Will, right? He, uh, you know, she's sitting. He's like, "Oh, you're in the sun. Let me move you." And she's like, um, <laughs> "I think everything's fine." <laughs> you know, what I mean? but uh, yeah, he he moves her into the shade. Uh, you know, so this happens. But then this group. This huge group, but you can see, right? She she obviously wanted to be on this quiet, nice, chilled break. You know she she always refers it to as as a working holiday. Um, but yeah, it, 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 this this brash, noisy family arrive, and the, yeah, what she was hoping to be. This this quiet affair. Oh, it's not going to be a. It's definitely not going to be a quiet affair, people. <laughs> you you could, um, yeah, you you can bet on that. So we we now are kind of on this weird balance. This this confrontation between her and this family. Right, they. And she keeps on glancing over at them, just like ugh. But she she is caught by you know Nina and her daughter, right? And uh, then Callie comes over and it's like, oh, there's a there's a seat a bit further up. Would you? I don't think she even says, would you mind? She's like, oh, could you could you move so we can all be together? And um are just like, nah, <laughs> nah, not going to do that. And it's all a little bit like, oh. <laughs> it all becomes a, a bit of a weird standoff. Things are said more from the younger members of the family. Right. But no one kind of calls them into check. So this happens. And, you know, so it, it, you're just like, oh what's happening here then as mentioned Nina's daughter goes missing and Lida she helps with the, look, the the search and this kind of brings them together now what's interesting is right because this is what we're seeing so far you know which feels kind of just like your Average film. Right? Nothing overly spectacular. You know what I mean? It, it's just this thing. But it's as she's looking at Nina. When she's stealing these glances at Nina. And then she, she helps find her daughter. We start to then get these flashes. These flashes back to leaders past. And this is when the film truly, I think, finds its stride, right? Because we're looking at a, a younger a younger leader, you know, as she's first kind of in her relationship with Will, um, you know, the, the, the beginning of their marriage, then they have their kids. And it's like, you know, you can see he's over the moon He loves the fact that he's got these kids But they are both got careers, right? She wants to be this Italian scholar And he's, I forget I, I don't know, I'm quite sure if we actually know what he does He's some sort of scholar as well uh, In education or something like that, right? Uh, so it's like she, she, you can see she loves her daughters, right? But it's when they're playing up, right? Because I think everyone you, there's a lot of things people love until it gets difficult, and then it's just like, you know, you always hear people be, like, "Oh, I love being an aunt," or "I love being an uncle," because you know you get to give them back, right? But parents. You don't get to give anything back here. So it's you, you see her getting more and more frustrated. Right? There's a scene where the the she's doing her work, Will's on the phone, she's got headphones on, and he's like trying to, you know, he's tapping him. He's like, I'm on the phone. Just and she's got head, and he's like, and she moves him aside and she hears the kids crying. And she's a bit like. Oof, puts headphones back on to go, and he's just like, I- I'm on the phone, I'm on the phone. He's just like, so you get them, they're your kids too, right? Which, to be fair, it's not the uh, most outlandish remarks, right? Because, yeah, these things are shared, but you would think maybe someone on the phone, you'd be like, all right, I- I- I'll-, I'll take care of this. Right, but it's just, yeah, these things, and we see this frustration she has with the kids, if they do certain things, and, you know, kids, they they push the barriers, right, they will push you to your limits, because they want to know how far they can go, so, and they do stupid, like, they'll slap you, pull your hair, you know what I mean, just, Things like that, they don't think about certain things or, right, understand the consequences of certain things, and sometimes even when you tell them, they'll still poke that bear a few times. You know what I mean? Until they get burnt, that's what they do. So we see all of this, right? And we see this mounting frustration. Now, I think it's. It's not clear if it's, like, postnatal depression or it's just this inability to relate. Because I think you 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 hear about that sometimes, right? Where people just, for a period of time, sometimes for a good while, one parent can't connect with the kids, right? Just can't. Just doesn't seem to work. I mean, eventually, it usually does, but, yeah, you, this happens. So, yeah, you, you, you're not quite sure why. You you do get the inkling. I mean, it's referenced she's had a, she doesn't have the best of childhoods, right? So, there's these things. You know, this has all happened. And so, we're seeing all of this, but then we're seeing that, yeah, again, you know, she loves them. She's in this great relationship with Will. But, but yeah, there's something that's not quite there. You know, she wants to succeed in her career. And I think this is what's really interesting about the film, right? Because I don't really think we see a lot about parents just not connecting with the kids, right? Not really liking being a parent. You know, if that's ever mentioned, it's, you know... A a, a plot where that person it shows how bad they are, you know. But it's just, yeah, it is human reality, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you walk to the shops and you see parents with the kids and they're just like, ugh, you know, they're on the phone. They want to do their things, or do you hear them talking and be like, oh yeah, I just want to a fucking kid. Ugh, I would, but this fucking kid, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, because people have kids at the weirdest times, right? Or people have kids to try and improve a relationship or, you know, find themselves. People do some stupid-ass shit. They really do. So, it makes sense. And I, I thought it was interesting and, and good that we looked at this. And, you know, you're looking at... She often says, I'm not really a nice person. I'm not really a nice person. And you kind of think, like, when you see some of the things she does, it's clear that she is, but it's nuanced, right? Because, yeah, I I think most people, they're decent, but it's how far are you willing to bend, right? And sometimes you'll bend more for some people or in some instances, and others it's just like, yeah, I ain't bending, <laughs> you know what I mean? I ain't bending, right, on the neutral shit, everything crazy, but on this, nah, I'm doing me, and we see her doing her, right, but when in the present, you know, when she's on this beach, right, we we see her in these interactions, um, we see her, there's a point where she goes for dinner with Will, um, no, sorry, I'm getting my names mixed up. Will is not her husband. Will is the boy who works in the cafe. No, I forget the name of her husband. But anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, Yes, yeah, she takes Will for dinner. And um, she, you know, she talks about her kids, right? And you can see that she really loves her kids. But then she talks about how, you know, it's like taking a part of her, right? Imprinting and you know being the complete opposite. And it's some of the the references and the way she, you know, what I mean talks about them, right? And and how they are to her. It's interesting, right? It is definitely interesting. But that's all she can talk about, you know. Yeah. So you could definitely see, right? There is that thing. There is that bond. There is that love. So, yeah, I I did. I found that very interesting because we see that. But, yeah, then certain things happen. And that forces his memories to the surface. And then we go back in time and we see these events. Right. And we see some of the things she's done. Right. Some of the things she's done, which she's not. Well. Like, she looks at it as not as much a regret, but it was a thing that happened and it's just like, "Ah, it wasn't the best, but it was a great time. You know, which again, interesting. Because I think a lot of times in, in stuff, people would refer to those things as the worst thing I've ever done. Right, the thing I wish I could take back. But she doesn't come at it like that. So we have this, and the way the other characters now, because, you know, things get sorted out, and we just see her navigating with this family, right? Now, Nina seems to be the one she bonds with the most. At first, you think her and Callie might be cool, but that gets that's a bit weird. But, yeah, the, these things go. Now... I think you do wonder if it's going to take it in a certain romantic way in a a few different directions. And I am very pleased it doesn't do the obvious here, which is good. Doesn't do the obvious. Um, But it, it does. It does show someone that's really living on the edge, right? Because she does a thing and... It's like, oh, are you going to hide this? And she kind of does. But then other times she's really just dangling it out there. And it's just like, fuck. (laughs) Like, what the fuck is happening here? This is kind of crazy. Right? Now, I did think it's a bit odd at the end with something she says where didn't need to say it. Right? And you wonder, why would you say it? Because she, like, she's not an idiot. So, I, you know, I mean, she must understand what might happen. So I thought that was a little odd. And I would say it's her husband doesn't really get a shake of the dice in this. Now, obviously, the film is about her. And I have no issue with the film being about her and her being the main focus, because that is very compelling. But it's, you remember Pursuit of Happiness, right? And you have Will Smith taking the kid and doing all of this, but you never really see the mother. I mean, we we meet her a couple of times, I believe, in the film, but it's just like, you never understand, why is she cool with him having the kid Sleeping rough, right? It was just a little bit like, what? What the fuck? Like, how is she not fighting to get that kid back off of him or anything like that? It was weird. And I think this, you kind of see the husband a few times. And again, look, we don't fully know, but there's a couple of things that show his character. You know, you seem to be open, things to be nice, caring. And then a bit later on, right, he, he, he is looking to sort something out. But yeah, that's it. We don't really see anything else, right? And I, I think there are some things that could have maybe enriched the story just with a slight little kind of input on how he related to, right? But, I will say that's a nitty-pick, right? It's a nitty-pick, because on, you know, with, with, even with that, even with that situation being a little bit mm, murky-murks, it's still a super compelling film. It really is. As I said, you, you watch it, you, you're starting off, and you're like, okay, it's fine. And suddenly it becomes this other thing, right? It's like looking at the surface of a body of water. Looking at the surface, and, you know, it just looks like it's a just an open lot of water. Nothing's happening. And then suddenly you dive your head under, and suddenly you're seeing all these Fish and animal life and coral and all this other stuff, and you're like, yo, I don't know this was here. Yo, what's going on? Right? And that's this film on the surface. It seemed one thing, but then it becomes this rich tapestry of story. So, yeah, people. Um, the 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 last daughter is uh Super interesting. Super interesting. And I would say, yeah, want to check it out. Now, when can you check it out? Well, people, it will be showing tomorrow, right? At the Royal Festival Hall right? You might have missed it at the Festival Hall today and thought, ah, damn. Well, it's showing tomorrow. Thursday, the 14th. It's a midday one though. It's 11.30 a.m. People, Right? Now, if you can't do that one, it is showing again midday, but on Saturday, the 16th at 2.50, this time at the BFI South Bank NFT1. That is showing it's sold out, but as I've said before, Right. Turn up because it could be um, it could be there on the day. Right. You know, you know how this works. People return tickets, all that jazz. And then. Right. If that still doesn't quite work, you can't do those. If you can hold out. Right. It's going to be hitting cinemas on a limited release on the 17th of December, and then just before the new year, it's hitting Netflix, the 31st of December, it will be on Netflix, so um, yeah, there you go, people, there are your opportunities to check out The Lost Daughter, and yeah, I didn't say, I definitely do it. It's a very actually. I think this is the directorial debut. I think it might be the directorial feature debut of Maggie Gyllenhaal, and it's a splendid job. I also like right. There's a piece of music which I I forget what it was. It, I think believe it reminded me of. I think it was a Marvin Gaye track, right? And um, but it's not a Marvin Gaye track. It then becomes something else. But the the opening bars just remind me of just Marvin Gaye track. Right? Yeah, it just slipped my mind. It slipped my, but it's a through piece of music that gets played throughout. And I really enjoy it. And I, it worked very well with the film. So people, The Lost Daughter, yeah, go do your thing. Have- <laughs> There you go, people, we have hit that time again End of another episode, people, we're at the end of day eight But it's been a fun one, now, you want to find out about any of the films Hit the episode notes, right, hit the website All the links, the trailers, the socials, it's all there The release dates, when we got them, it's all there, people so do that, enjoy, and follow the BFI, right? Because, yeah, you've got four more days of goodness, right? So there's still shorts, there's still the XR experience, there's still films to be seen. So, um, yeah, go enjoy, and we will be back tomorrow for day nine. Hi, right, people. Until then, enjoy your film.